0: Right, we're coming from uh, uh, what was quite heavy Sunday, in terms of uh, uh, what God shared with us. As we are on this series, um, it's it's all about bread. Can you tell somebody who's near you, neighbor, it's all about bread? Somebody that could be behind you, in front of you. It's all about bread. Yes, and what were we teaching on Sunday? Bread of life. And we understand that Christ is the bread of life. And that if I want to locate life or connect with life, if I want to experience life, if I want to walk in newness of life, if I want to experience the life of God, I must find myself where the bread of life is. I must come. He said, if anybody comes to me and eat, so I must come to the bread of life. And when I come, I don't only come. So I don't only only answer the invitation to come, and I don't only identify with the bread of life, but I partake of the bread of life. And we now understand that when you partake of the bread of life, you become one with the bread of life. So that in turn, you may be blessed. Then, you're not listening. See, if you're taking notes, you'll be listening. Then you may be blessed. So in order for you to be broken, in order for you to be given. Yes. So if you pay attention you are able to pick these things. And the Holy Spirit in you is able to remind you that the, the reason why you must become one with the bread of life is so that you may become an extension of the bread of life. So that wherever you go, people experience the bread of life, bread of heaven. When they came to Jesus in John 6, six and 30, they had eaten bread the previous day, remember, in John 5, uh, in, in John 6. And they had eaten bread. And they cross over and they come because they experience children's bread. And they think today they will experience children's bread again. And they don't realize that Jesus is saying, I am now going to show you that there's something that is bigger or something that is better than children's bread. And that something is called bread, the bread of life, bread of heaven. And they argue with him, if you remember. They argue with him saying, our fathers ate manna from heaven. Are you better than our fathers who ate bread from heaven? And he says, I'm from heaven, and I tell you, that is not the bread of heaven. Because if it was the bread of of heaven, it would have enduring power to be able to last even more than a day. But that which you, your fathers ate, would even expire the next day. But I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. Everybody, if everybody who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, he shall live and not die. So we're coming from that backdrop, right? We understand that many people are chasing bread. Yeah, we wake up in the morning. We're in boiler rooms. We are on the road. We're answering phones until our ears hurt. We're driving the whole day, driving the ball to the Uber. All we're doing is chasing bread. We are trying with everything we can to, uh, uh, to, to find better bread. Uh, we have eaten uh, uh, the, 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 the standard or normal bread. Now we, uh, we're trying to elevate our bread. We want to move from Tembisa to Centurion so we can have better bread. Basically, have a better life. We call it a better life and not realize that everything we amass in the name of us creating a better environment of life is brought to note at the sight of the bread of life. Because when you find the bread of life, you find an upgrade to life. Because now you can. You have the ability to live and not die. You have the ability to have eternal life. So when you partake of the bread of life, your priorities shift from being temporary, my children, my bills, my house, to this world is not my home. I have a better home. uh, to, uh, To a point where now you are thinking from an eternal perspective. You are thinking from an eternal mindset. What is an eternal perspective? What is an eternal mindset? It is the mind of God. You are now operating up under the mind of Christ. So whatsoever you do, it is what Christ would do. Whatsoever you say is what Christ would say. When trouble knocks on your door, it's knocking on Christ's door. When the enemy comes tempting you, saying, turn these stones to bread. You, like Christ, will be reminded by the Holy Spirit to say, is it not written that men shall not leave by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Doth men leave. We understand that. That's where we're coming from. That's just a background of where we're coming from. Now we're moving to the second installment. We said we've got 11 to 12 installments. The second installment is called Unleavened Bread. Maybe I should do this on Sunday. Because uh, uh, I I, I perceive you didn't hear Sunday's Sunday's word. I perceive you didn't hear Sunday's word. And because you didn't hear Sunday's word, you ought to hear it again. You must hear it until you hear hear it properly. You must hear it until you receive it. Okay, so we're moving to the second installment, and the second installment is going to be Unleavened Bread. Bear with me. I'm out of time. Bear with me. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 5 to 12. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 5 to 12. I'd like for you to stand. I know it's Wednesday, and I'd we, we like for you to stand for the reading of the Word. We, we, don't, we don't respect the Word of God on, on Sunday only, and I, I see the verses nice, verses weird on Sunday are not here tonight. They should be here. I mean, it's the same kind of service set up. Uh, This is not a, ah, no, we just laid back. Sunday is not the real service. Matthew 16 from verse 5 to 12. Are you there? If they say amen, we're reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, If if you're ready to read, let's go. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? No, the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the living of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the entrance of of your word, bringeth forth light. We don't say these words, I don't say these words because I'm used to them, but I pray indeed, let the entrance of your word bring forth light. Let the entrance of your word illuminate a light and a realization and a revelation of who you are. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray, amen. All right, somebody say amen. I'll be speaking to you as the Spirit of the Lord shall guide under the thought and unleavened bread. Beware of unleavened bread. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, beware of unleavened bread. I'm going to move and uh, I pray that this will help you. And if, for those who are not here, they're going to have to get the tape uh, because we're not staying on this. Uh, we, we, we have to start at definitions. I know it's Wednesday and uh, our minds are probably at Bible. Bible. This, let's turn this into a Bible class so that we may fully understand, maybe slow down a bit, but I don't know uh, if we're going to slow down. Living. Let's understand what living is. Who knows what living is? What is living? A door knows what living is. Who knows what living is? Living. Outside of a door. Okay. Living is basically yeast. Okay. Uh, uh, leaven is, um, but now, now I'm going to speak to leaven from a. We understand it's just what makes bread rise, right? Yeah, when you don't put it in bread, your bread's going to be flat like pizza, All right, We understand that. So leaven, from the from the from the from the backdrop of what Jesus is teaching, uh, is uh, is doctrine or teaching. Okay, and. Uh, f- um, For it is by teaching that you rise. It is by teaching that you grow. Uh, It is by teaching that you either rise in knowledge or in ignorance. The people that, when you hear them speak, open their mouth, they spew out ignorance because that's all they were taught. And so, when an opportunity arises for them to speak or present themselves or or show an example of what it means uh, 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 to, to respond to a subject matter, they respond in a manner that reveals or showcases their ignorance. Because ignorance is all that they were taught. I'm gonna say it again, leaven is a doctrine or a teaching. Uh, and uh, uh, it is by a teaching or doctrine that you grow, either in knowledge uh, or in wisdom or in ignorance. And uh, there is growing hate amongst our people right now, growing hate. It's, it's rising, and as that hate is rising, uh, if you listen carefully at what is informing that hate, you will realize that it's a lot of words, a lot of uh, teaching that fosters ignorance. I'll give you an example. They are those who have been saying the vaccine on its own is devilish, right? And they've gotten into scriptures to try and qualify that. And so they build about doctrines or teachings to perpetuate the ignorance. So that when an opportunity arises for you to present yourself and say, why are you saying this is the mark of the beast, then they begin to spew out what's in them. So teaching or doctrine, I'm going somewhere with this, uh, is what enables you to grow. And everybody, I want to say this, every one of us, whether you take what I'm saying or you don't, whether you hear what God is saying or you don't, all of us are growing. But the direction at which we are growing or the the trajectory at which we are growing, the direction at which we are growing towards is determined by what teaching we are up under. And when you look at a graph and it's rescinding, it's going down. As it it goes down, depending on how you are looking at it, it is actually growing in degeneration. It's growing in depreciation. So there are people, the more you hear ignorance, the more you depreciate in your knowledge of God. And the more you amass know, uh, uh, information that, uh, that establishes in you or that confirms in you ignorance. I'm going somewhere with this. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying. So it is by doctrine that we either grow uh, uh, well, by doctrine we grow anyway. doesn't matter what doctrine it is. It could be a doctrine of devil. Then you grow in your knowledge of devilish things. That's why you find that there's some people that are employed to understand the devilish, the demonic. I, 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 I am well versed in the demonic. And that's why they deal with demons every day. That's why they are tossed and, uh, to and fro by demons because they have gotten to a place where they have amplified the teaching of demons in their space. I'm going somewhere with this. So that's what living is. Living is a doctrine we're teaching. And uh, uh, we know by your life, we know by your lifestyle, we know by your conduct, we know by the way you carry yourself, we know by the way you speak uh, um, uh, uh, or, uh, the doctrine that you eat. We know by the way you speak, we know by the way you act, we know by the way you conduct yourself, the, what it is that you eat at home. So if you want to know what diet a woman is on before you court them, check the lifestyle they live, and the way they respond, and the, 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 the decisions they make, and uh, the way they are quick to panic, the way they are... Quick to rush to where blood is shared, the way they, they repost and retweet the stuff that has nothing to do with growth or salvation, you begin to realize, okay, this person eats a kind of bread that is not the kind of bread that Jesus is talking about. We, you're with me so far? And so it is by living. By I'm taking too long with this because I have so much to cover, It is. It is. It is by living. We understand living His doctrine or teaching that we grow in our light. The light in us grows, or the darkness in us is more gross. Uh, until it is gross darkness, you cannot see the way. That everyone that talks to you sounds like they are attacking you. You are always fault finding and finding blame because you are now in a place where you, are, you have surrounded yourself with ignorance so much that your life is about darkness. When, 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 it, when, you, when you see a call come in, when somebody knocks on your door, the first response you give is panic because you are surrounded by Darkness, and everything you, uh, uh, you, 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 you uh, entertain in your life is darkness. Go somewhere with this, it's going to get good just now. So living itself, I want you to understand this for our door's sake. Living itself on its own, living itself is not the issue. Living itself is not the issue. I want you to follow me with this. Living, that's why Jesus says the kingdom of God in another scripture is, un, un, is like a woman who put live in. In bread. Because living itself is not the issue. And many a time we have talked to living And not realized living on its own. Is just speaking to the idea of a teaching. Or a doctrine. But what is the issue in the, print, uh, in the scripture that we read. In Matthew 16, 5 to 12. Is who? Who's living? It is. It is important to understand. Who administers bread to you. I might as well say this. It is important where you lift up your hands. It is important where you say amen. It is important where you sing songs of praise and worship. It is important where you say amen. It is important where you say yes. It is so. I'm, I'm talking about place, position. Literal fixed position, GPS. It is important what roof you are up under. Because you may be in a roof where you are being administered the living of the Pharisees and you think it's okay i'm getting getting over myself so the issue is not living it is who's living the issue is not teaching it's who's teaching the issue is not doctrine but whose doctrine because we are in a place where there are so many cunning craftily who have crept in unawares, as Jude says. There are certain men who have crept in unawares so that they may uh, uh, defraud the flock of God. So they may deceive the flock of God. And so they use scripture, just like Satan was using scripture with Jesus in Matthew 4. And Luke 4, he says, it is written, if you take yourself to the top, And uh, and let yourself go. Angels will catch you. Yes, it is written. But when you begin to put it into the context of the tenet of scripture, you realize that it it is an error. And so there are those who cunningly uh, have crept in unawares and are beginning to teach doctrines of devils and doctrines of Sadducees and Pharisees. And just because they're using scripture and they're giving you book, chapter, and verse does not mean you're receiving the doctrine of Christ. They use book cha- chapter and verse to enslave black people for hundreds of years. The leaven of the Pharisees. Just because you are using a scripture does not make what you're saying right. It has to be tried by fire. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So leaven as we understand leaven is basically yeast in today's language. Leaven causes dough to rise. So if you put leaven, it causes the dough to rise. Right? But the process of the rising takes time. You cannot put leaven in in dough. We cannot put yeast. I want to use the word leaven because you must understand the language of Scripture. Uh, When you put leaven in in bread, please—I don't know if you've made bread on the fire before—but when you put leaven in in bread, you must understand that it takes time for leaven to rise, for the bread to rise. Sometimes you have to put it outside on the sun to encourage it to, to have heat enough for it to rise. And we don't understand that uh, what that means is that uh, uh, often because we don't have a discerning spirit, the discerning spirit, or the ability to deduce between right and wrong, light and darkness, we find ourselves sitting under uh, 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 a schoolmaster that is administering, Living the bread, the living of the Pharisees. And we sit there for long and not realize that what's rising in us is animosity uh, towards God and enmity towards God. What's rising in us is our flesh. What's rising in us is our desire to perform in the flesh and not to grow in the grace of God. And so over time, if you allow the living of the Pharisees, to be the voice at which you listen to. You're going to understand me in just a moment. I know you're probably confused right now. If you allow it long enough, what rises in you is the falsehood. The false hope of pepper fire. I'm going, I'm going somewhere with this. And you hear, as we go into the scriptures, you're going to see some things. Uh, you hear some saying, no, but it's just a little leave it's just a little, it's just a little. They, they're just in error in one, one point. They just miss it in one point. It's just one, it's just TV. I mean, what harm can our children, Tando, and our kids have from watching TV? I want to submit this to you, mothers, that you, can, you should never allow your children to be raised by YouTube because they are certain men who have crept in unawares. Who put children on the forefront and they're writing content for kids. And you think it's a kid that's just writing content for themselves. And they have millions of subscribers. And they have people behind who are writing scripts for kids to keep our children glued up. And we don't don't realize that our children are being indoctrinated, being taught the way of the enemy. That the way of darkness is acceptable. The way of darkness is right. And we say, no, it's just a little TV. We're just watching a little TV. It's just a little cursing. Yeah, the, this series just says a little cussing, And we don't realize that as we watch, as we listen, because the way we learn as people of God is through our ear gate and our eye, and our eye gate. Because from our ear gate, we hear words. From our eye gate, we see words. We see things that we compute into words. And the word that we hear, in spite of where, where it's coming from, it may have a beat around it. It sounds like I'm a piano, or sound like uh, uh, a jazz, or sound like uh, uh, rhythm and blues, or sound like uh, a gospel, even. But uh, uh, no matter where the words are coming from, or the format the words are coming through, it could be through WhatsApp statuses. It could be through, uh, through WhatsApp chats and groups and uh, uh, social media and all of that. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. What's happening is slowly, you're being indoctrinated to the point that you can sit and watch two men kiss and have nothing in you move. It's okay because you've seen it a thousand times, so you're now socialized to find it to be okay. It's just a little leave-in. It's really nothing. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a little story. Uh, 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 it's, it's not even true. It's fiction. I mean, it's just a little lie. It's it's just a song. Yeah, I know it doesn't really, has nothing to do with God, but I just like the vibe of the song and not realize that slowly you are getting yourself into a place where you are being indoctrinated by doctrines of devils and uh, you hear Zeke uh, Bantuini released the song and he says it's in tongues, we don't know what he's singing and it sounds so nice uh, uh, and, uh, and you're listening to that thing you're taking the thing everywhere you're bouncing to the thing, you don't know what inspired it you t- because if you can't compute it the Paul teaches if somebody speaks in tongues without interpretation don't listen to them because they're not talking to you they're talking either to the father or through the devil so, unless there is an interpretation, I can dance to it. Unless there is an interpretation, I can't say amen to it. If you speak in tongues in the mic and not interpret, I can't say amen to that. Because I don't know what you say. You understand? And so, we are slowly and uh, in many ways with the way we think we have technology, we have knowledge. Knowledge is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. But it is knowledge that uh, uh, drives us further and further into ignorance. Further and further into benightedness, blindedness. So much so that when we open our mouth at the sight of the devil saying, Son of man, can, this, uh, uh, can you turn the stones to bread? All we are thinking about is our hunger. What can I do for my hunger? Who can I call for my hunger? You don't have in, in you what is written. You can't take out from you what is written. It is written. I know I've been out here 40 days. I know I've been out here fasting. I know I've been out here in the desert. I know I'm touched, I know I'm hungry. But even though I'm hungry physically, men cannot live by bread alone. I can survive another day with hunger than succumb to the teaching of the devil. So we don't re- realize that slowly we, we have an agreement. Slowly we have a covenant. Slowly we are... In courtship with heresy. We are comfortable with heresy. So in the 15th chapter, Jesus feeds 4,000. You know, there's some scholars that were fighting about the chronology of Jesus' life, saying the one who says he fed 4,000 and the one who said he fed 5,000 were confused. They were were telling the same story, but Jesus confirms it here in Mark chapter 16. That is two different incidents. He fed 5,000 men with five loaves. And uh, 4,000 with seven loaves. Right? And they come to him because they now know that it, he is synonymous with doing things that are out of the ordinary. And so they like the idea of bread. And it's always about bread. Men are always looking, men and women, I say men, I'm talking humanity, is always looking for an opportunity to eat. People want to go into business. What, uh, what is it in it? What, what is it in it for me? Uh, 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 I like you. I like the way you walk. I like the way you present yourself. What can I get from you? Yes, I, I know you're talking courtship, but what can I get from you? What benefit is it in there for me? We're always looking for something to eat. We're always trying to eat. We're looking for bread, all kinds of bread. Some we want to eat in Lamborghini, some in Dubai, some in hotels, some in different places, but it's all about bread. When you look at it, clearly it's all about bread. We're just looking for an opportunity to feel good. And they come to him because they've seen he has done it twice and according to the tenet of scripture and the way of God, the way God operates uh, from a lawful perspective when, when, when there are uh, two or more witnesses, a matter can be established. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are men of the law and they have heard that uh, the other day he fed Four thousand men, not counting women and children, with seven loaves. And, uh, he filled large baskets of leftovers. And, uh, the previous day, uh, he fed five thousand men with five, five tilapias. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and so they have two witnesses of this man doing miracles. So they come to him because they know he claims to be. A man of God. He claims to be one that works miracles. He claims to be the one that is sent from God. Because uh, when uh, they came to attack him the previous time, uh, he told them that I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. I'm the one that came from heaven. And so they come to, me, to him and now they're saying, uh, uh, we want to test you. We want to figure out if everything you claim to have done so far is truly from God. And so they ask him for a sign. I'm in uh, Matthew chapter 16. Uh, from um, uh, uh, Allow me to start at verse 5 again. So um, they're now on the other side. And His disciples, uh, when they get there, they realize they're walking with the bread of life. Come on. When you walk with Jesus, you're walking with the bread of life. When you are with Jesus, you are with the bread of life. Brothers and sisters, wake up. I want you to hear this. When you are with Jesus, you're with the bread of life. You are at the very life force or life source. The source of life itself right? And so they're walking with living bread. They're walking with bread from heaven. Better than manna. Better than quills from it. Better than a pillar of cloud by day. Better than a pillar of fire by night. It is God himself, the source of all these things. They're walking with him and the previous day they saw him feed 5,000 men and that other day they saw him feed 4,000 men and as they get to this other side, in their minds they're thinking, we forgot to bring bread. They are walking. There are people who are walking with Jesus who are thinking about their pocket. There are people who are walking with Jesus who are thinking about their belly. The people who are walking with Jesus, you say, Come, walk with me. I will show you. Greater things, greater mighty things. Walk with me, I will show you deep things. Walk with me, I will show you great things. And you're saying, Lord, but Jesus, I need to figure out this bill. I need to figure out this meta first. Can I, can, I, can I go say, bid farewell to my parents? Can I go bid farewell to my things uh, before I can bend with you? They are on the other side of the miracle. Uh, many people are so ungrateful. They are on the other side of the miracle. They've experienced miracle after miracle. They've experienced grace upon grace. But now on the other side of miracles, they're still thinking, what can I do to feed myself? What can I do that gratifies me? And Jesus says to them, in that same moment, poignant moment, take heed. What does it mean to take heed? Pay attention. Say to your neighbor, pay attention. Jesus says, pay attention. I know you're broke right now. I know it's January and you're thinking about bills. You're thinking, how will I serve my children? How will I be there for my family, my parents? I am the breadwinner at home. You think about all these things, but right as you think about all these things, as you are caught up in stress and distress, and you are broke, and you are, you are depressed, and you're wondering, how do I get out of my situation? In that moment, Jesus has come this evening to say, take heed, pay attention. I know you're worried about your bills. I know you're worried about what gratifies you. I know you're worried about what fulfills you. I know you're Worried about what uh, uh, pacifies you. What satisfies you in the temporary. But can you pay attention? It says re- basically saying remove your attention from bread. From Albany. Remove your attention from rent. Remove your attention from what would pacify you for this moment. Remove your attention for what will bring you joy for a moment. Remove your attention for, for, from what will make you feel comfortable. For tonight only. And pay attention. Pay that attention somewhere else. He says, take heed. That's the first thing he says. Why, Jesus? He says the second thing, and beware. For you to be told to pay attention and to beware, it means that you are in the sight of danger. You are in the face of danger. If you are told by an instructor or a teacher or a father to say, pay attention and be warned, beware, be on alert, it means you are at the face of danger. He says, Take heed, pay attention, and beware, be cautious, take caution of the living of the yeast of the Pharisees. So, in other words, before we get into the depth of the teachings of the Pharisees, when you begin to think about the things that gratify you, that satisfy you, things that are personal, that benefit you personally, you have slipped into the living of the Pharisees. The moment you begin when you're walking with Jesus to think about your belly, to think about me, what's in it for me? I know you want me to come minister, but what's in it for me? You have slipped from the bread of life into the living of the Pharisees. Jesus says, you are not catching it. I've been with you and two times you show me, show you that it's more than just bread. And you're still living like it's all about bread. Uh, for two times, I've proven to you, you wanted to go out a three-day journey to buy bread. And I told you, sit the people down. And uh, uh, from a lunchbox of a child, I fed all the men that were in the room. And you still doubt me. God is saying to you, God is saying to you, Mabongi, for all the years of your life. Serving God all the years of your life, Mama. That you're still troubled by the things of this world when you're walking with the bread of life. When you say yes to the bread, how can you be with me and with them? I told you on Sunday, the moment that you think about bread, the moment that you think about the bread of this world is the moment that you degrade Jesus from being the bread of heaven to a loaf of bread that is made out of flour to your bills or your money that is running low. When you do that, you relegate Jesus to a God with a G. Because now you have elevated your problem or your challenge or your need to satisfy yourself to the level of a God. And so he says, be very careful and pay attention of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in verse 7 he says, Even after he says that, they begin to reason among themselves. And they say, he's saying that because we did not take any bread. Can you imagine the man that can manufacture bread on site with no flour, with no systems in place, with no machinery, no heat, no mixing? Can you imagine such a man worrying about bread? A man that can send a man to the river to come back with tax money. Uh, A man that can tell a man who was born blind and say, see, and they see. do you think such a man would be worried about floury bread, bread made out of flour and yeast? They say, he's saying that because we don't have bread. He is saying that because we didn't bring any money with us. He is saying that because we don't have enough to pay for the bill. Let me tell you something. Ever since I said yes to God, ever since I said yes to Jesus and I followed him, I've seen him to uh, to be a yes in every area of my life. I've seen him be a yes to every area of my life that speaks to ministry. Everything that he has called me for, he supplies it. So he would never ask me, do I have enough? For where we are on the journey right now. Because he's more than enough. So they think to themselves, he's talking about bread. uh, Because he didn't take bread. But Jesus says unto them, all you, of little faith. I want to tell you that the moment you begin to think about the things that benefit you, the moment you begin to think about the things that are troubling you, more than you uh, meditate on Christ, you have slipped into little faith. Anytime uh, we ask you how you are doing, and you tell us, I'm depressed because a bill's a Jew. I'm depressed because somebody said something about me. I'm depressed because I have no friends. I'm depressed because I just lost something. I'm depressed because uh, I lost a contract. I'm, I, I don't know what's going on in my life You have slipped into little faith. Anytime you're looking and paying attention or focusing on the things that benefit just you, you've slipped into little faith. He says you of little faith. Why do you reason amongst yourself because you have brought no bread? How can you even be reasoning or asking each other about bread, physical bread when I'm here? Do you not understand or remember the five loves of the 5,000? Oh, the seven loves of the 4,000? Because if you remember that, you would not ask about bread. You would not worry about bread. If you remember to seek me first, you would not worry, you would not worry about all these things. But the reason why we are preoccupied with all these things is because we don't know who called us. And so we say, yes, Jesus, I'm coming to the bread of life. But I'm bringing Albany. I'm bringing my bills with me. I'm bringing my challenges with me. I'm bringing my debt. I'm bringing my brokenness. I'm bringing my depression with me. I'm going to nest it while I'm with you. Then in verse 11 says, how is it you do not understand? that I'm not speaking concerning bread. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, until now, since we started on Sunday, I'm not speaking about bread. Yes, you may think we're talking about bread. We're not speaking about bread. I'm glad, Mama, we do not have the, 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 uh, the, the communion instrument. I'm glad. Because that probably could have taken it away from what it, it's really about. I am glad we forgot to do it. He says, you think I am talking about bread? I'm not talking about bread. But to beware of the living, of the Pharisees, and of the Sadducees. Because those are the kind that panic at every turn. They panic at everything. They think even though they believe they're serving God, "Ah, we don't have enough bread. Nobody brought enough tithe into the house. Nobody brought money into the house. And so they panic. Paul didn't show up to sing. So they panic. And so and so is not available to come on a Wednesday. And so we panic. Because it's the nature of a pharisaical and sadduceical way of faith. And it is only then they understood that it did not tell them to be way of the living of bread. But of the doctrine but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're moving. Let me see. Oh, Lord, allow me 10 minutes. Uh, because if I don't, I have to do this on Sunday again. Uh, let me show you quickly. You, don't, you might not need to go there, but just make mention, uh, just write in your notes, make a note of where this is. In Acts 23, verse 5 to 9, we see the doctrine or the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, in context in the context of uh, where Jesus is coming from. Uh, Paul is arrested, and as Paul, it's Acts 23, verse 5 to 9. And as Paul is arrested, uh, uh, those who are in council uh, to, uh, to, to try him at his kangaroo court uh, case, uh, court, court appearance, rather, uh, are far, uh, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. And so when Paul perceives, if you read it from verse 5 to 9, when Paul perceives that the Pharisees are in charge, of the courthouse today as well as the Sadducees, he pulls out a trick because he knows the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he says, hey, I was a Pharisee. Maybe I, Let me read to you. Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that uh, uh, he was uh, the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. This is Paul uh, playing politics. But when Paul perceived that one part the Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. I'm being judged on the doctrine and the hope, the teaching and the hope of the resurrection of the dead. I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. He's not lying. He was brought up that way. He's just converted. Right? And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and no angels or spirits. But the Pharisees confess to both the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The, 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 the Pharisees believe in the resurrection of the dead and the ministration of angels, right? But the Sadducees don't believe in any. They don't believe in, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in, uh, in, in angels or spirits. Then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees, party arose and protested, saying, we find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. The Pharisees were c- closing the case. I want to show you this quickly the Pharisees and the Sadducees that Jesus said, beware. Take heed. That you do not find yourself bending with or, 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 or following after the teaching of the Pharisees. Apologies for that. That you do not take or pay attention to the teaching of devils or the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you must understand that these are men that were bent on fulfilling what they believed was the call of God over their lives. These were men who were faithful to the point that when they brought type into the house, they counted the how many mint leaves so that the tenth belonged to God. These are men that studied the word of God day and night. These are men that would be at the highways and byways, at the crossroads, praying and fasting for the public to see that they are devout men of the faith. There's a man that knew book, chapter, and verse. There's a man that went into the wilderness when John began to cry out in the middle of the morning, early morning, saying, uh, 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 prepare ye the way of the Lord. And these are the men that went to him with the scroll and said, show us where you are found in the scriptures. Because they were well vested in the scriptures. They were well experienced in the law word of God. The Sadducees too. And when they said we don't believe in the resurrection. They had scriptures to support it. What it means is that there's some things. That sound good. That may even have sound. uh, 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 A sound appearance. From scripture. But their way. Is a way that deny Christ himself. Yeah I'm about to break you. Before God will make you again. In Galatians 5, verse 9, Paul says to the Galatian church, A little living livens the whole lump. A little living livens the whole lump. Can you say that? A little living livens the whole lump. Say it again. A little living livens the whole lump. Yes, it doesn't matter if it's a little, it doesn't matter if it's just a speck, it doesn't matter if it was one. One granule of yeast. It doesn't matter what it is. A little leaven. Living the whole lamp. I know we are living in a time where we are suffering from spiritual schizophrenia and we are suffering from a doctrinal uh, imbalance and uh, doctrinal uh, 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 intoxication and uh, 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 tolerance. We have built a tolerance uh, for living, uh, the living of the Pharisees. That doesn't matter w- or whether the preacher man walks into error as long as some parts of what he said are true, I will take the path that are true and leave this past that I also heard and not realize that when you allow any form of falsehood, any form of heresy uh, to enter into your ears and you pay attention to it and you say amen to it and you imbibe it and you indulge in it, you are causing yourself to slip into the living of the Pharisees. I'm going to show you the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees in just a moment. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection uh, but they did not believe in resurrection power because when resurrection power showed up, in person and said I am he uh, who will raise you up again though you may die uh, if you believe in me you will live again he told them in John 6 if you eat of my flesh uh, and if you drink of my blood you will not die for I will raise you up at the last day do you remember us reading that he says at the ra- last day I will raise you up and so they did not believe him and said they wanted to uh, 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 to test him and say show us a sign and he says you perverse generation and unto generation No sign shall be given you except the sign of Jonas. What he was saying is for three days I will die. And uh, for three days you will miss me. But on the third day I will rise again to prove to you that I am resurrection power itself. And you do not believe. You say you believe in the doctrine of resurrection Pharisee. But you actually don't believe. And uh, if you go on the flip side of that and speak to the Sadducee teaching or doctrine. You begin to realize that they don't believe in the doctrine of resurrection. Resurrection. Uh, I'm going to shock you. This will throw you out because many of you have been taught that when you die, you go to heaven and you're okay with that. And you think your grandmama is in heaven and you sing the song with uh, with Shelly Caesar. I'm going to see my mama there. I'm going to see my father there and I'm going to hug my family. I'm going to hug my grandparents. I'm going to hug my father. I'm going to hug my children. I got news for you. Jesus says, nobody has been to heaven except the one that descended. Because if you eat of my body and drink of my blood, I will raise you up on the last day. But when you die today, you are with him. It sounds nice. It sounds fancy to say when we die, we go with him. But what we are saying without knowing it, we say there is no resurrection of the dead. And thereby bend with the Sadducees and deny the very resurrection power. Because Paul says if there is no resurrection of the dead in 1 Corinthians 15, then we are of all men most miserable. Because if we now go back to heaven, when we die, what is Christ coming to raise you're really there. But it's nice. Bishops, pastors, teachers, evangelists shade every day. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But go read the context. You will realize that Paul is not defying the order and doctrine of Christ. And so we band banned with doctrines of devils. And we think, no, no, because they quoted a scripture here and there. Hear a little and not realize that a little living, living the whole lump. Let me tell you, there's some people that are, that are not accepted in the beloved because they've chosen to believe doctrines of devils. Yes, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm messing up your salvation model. You believe, if you say, Jesus, come into my heart, that is settled. It is it, that this is done. Nothing will change that. Even if I mess up, even if I go back into degeneration, because I said it once, I said it for all. And forget that Jesus himself says every man's work will be tried by fire. And so you think, you saying the word Jesus coming to my heart, and go back drinking, gambling, and womanizing, and all that. On the last day, you'll just say, oh, I remember you mentioned my name one time at a, at a, at a crusade somewhere. Enter. No. No. Yo, we love the grace stuff, the faith stuff. No, we're walking in faith. We walk by faith. We are called by grace. We love that stuff but we've forgotten to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's no fear. There's no trembling. We're pending with doctrines of Pharisees and Sadducees. We're somewhere. When the scripture, when Paul says to the Galatian church, a little living lives the whole lamp, he's saying a little living will destroy your faith, will destroy your belief. You may have believed all your life, but the day you embrace the living of the Pharisees, you live in everything. I'm done. I'm, I'm closing now. I said 10 minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I went uh, beyond by two minutes. In Second John 1 verse 10 to 11, uh, John the apostle says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, do not receive him into your house. Paul? If anybody, sir, if anybody teaches something that goes against the word of God, you are required by the law, this new law of grace, to not receive them in your house. That means, that means to unfriend them, to unfollow, to block. Because perchance they are your source for the living of the Pharisees. Just because I know you, we were born in the, we came from the same womb. If you are bringing the living of the Pharisees, I can not be with you. We will meet at funerals, we will cry together, we will laugh together at weddings, but when we come to breaking bread, we separate our ways. You can come into my house. You can break bread with me. We're talking about the bread of the word of God. He says, do not receive him in your house, nor greet him. Because perchance when you greet him, he might just spew out some things that are of the living of the Pharisees. Verse 11, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Any man that teaches a doctrine that is contrary to scripture, even to say hello, you share with him in his evil doctrine. Brothers and sisters, when Paul says uh, we are called to a high calling, praise towards the mark of a high calling. The calling of Jesus is not that there are different callings. That you start at low ones, then you grow in your grace to high ones. No. It is saying the faith of Jesus is a high calling. Saying yes to Jesus, saying I want this faith. You're saying I want to be above those who believe in the resurrection without resurrection power. I want to be above those who defy God. Even by their doctrines. I'm done. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. It is this kind that have the form of godliness but deny the power. We have to tarry for five hours to heal heal the sick. We have to pray in tongues. Pray all kinds of tongues. Groan in the spirit and all kinds of things. Just to heal the sick. Because we have the form of godliness. But we don't have the power. And he says, those who have the form of godliness but deny the power from such, turn away. Don't even wait for a release. Don't wait to hear what they have to say further. Don't wait to have a conference. Don't wait to sit down and have a meeting from such, turn away. The moment I perceive you deny godliness, all you have is the form. I must walk away. The last thing, Galatians 1 verse 6 to 10, then we'll leave this place. I marvel, Galatians 1 verse 16, I marvel that you are turning away as soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel, from heaven, an angel or a demon, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be a guest. Even if we ourselves come back and teach and say and revise ourselves from the doctrine of Christ, or even if, if an angel comes from heaven And they say, an an angel appeared to me and said things that are contrary to what Christ would say. Even if it were true that a real angel appeared, let that man who spews those words be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men, or do God? Am I the one who persuades? Even me, as you hear me tonight, under the power of God, I'm not persuading you. It is God. Forget me. I'm Zimbabwe. They're chasing Zimbabwean right now. Oh, these, uh, there's so much rising against the Zimbabwean community. It's crazy. Forget that. Forget me. Listen to what God is saying. Do I? He continues. Do I seek to please men? Brothers and sisters, if you, if you decide to stay here, you're never going to hear something that pleases you. Because the nature of the doctrine of Christ is enmity to the flesh. It fights with everything. In you. Everything you think, everything you feel, everything you desire is against what the will of God says. So you will never be pleased. For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Paul, you're called to minister. And if you're going to be a bond servant of Christ, it means you're going to displease men. Because it is only when you step into the displeasing of men do you begin to operate in a manner that administers the bread of life. It is only when you stop pleasing men and pleasing God, to please God means to displease men. To please God means to be disapproved by men. That's why Jesus was disapproved by men. Because he pleased God. And when you please God in that manner, what's going to happen in your life is you're going to see yourself become an administer, a steward, a caterer of the bread of life. So much such that wherever you go, when you open up your mouth, you administer the bread of life. If you walk past the sick, you administer the bread of life. If you walk past the deceased, you administer the bread of life. If you walk past the ones that are maimed, uh, the ones that are, are broken, uh, the ones that are downtrodden, you administer the bread of life. So, brothers and sisters, I say to you again, without apology, at 18 past 8, I say to you again, beware, Take heed. Pay attention and beware. Some of you right now as I preach should be going into your phone and deleting apps, deactivating accounts, leaving social media for good. You've been told, how can you preach without social media? Who told you you can't preach without social media? If it is a crutch that's causing you to indulge in the doctrines of devils, let it go. Let somebody else capture you and post you. I'm done. Will you stand? Ah, it's all about bread. Do you see that? We're going to sum up with this. It's all about bread. Uh, As Brother Ado is coming, I just want to tell you this quickly before we, before we, before we close this service. Ooh, Lord! I thought this was going to be a teaching. The Lord has had other plans. Uh, we have covered um, the bread of life and tonight we covered Unleavened Bread. I don't think that this we're going to share out publicly. We're going to release it to everyone who needs to hear it, everyone who's a part, anyone you may think who needs to hear it, we will provide a copy. We'll put a copy on our website, but we will not put this out there. Okay. And uh, we spoke about the bread of life. Secondly, we spoke about unliving Bread today. On Sunday, it's going to be good. We're going to be talking about children's bread. I told you it's going to be 12 weeks. So on Sunday, we'll be talking about children's bread. Yeah, this is going to get really good. This will bless you. Yes, you will feel a little relief before you feel a pinch again. It's going to be a glorious service, and uh, it's going to transform your life. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as your people, we come before you. We put you in the right context. Open our eyes to see you in the context through which you really are. Let us learn to magnify you. See you bigger, as big as you are. Bigger than everything. Bigger than our troubles. Bigger than bread. Bigger than the need for bills. Bigger than the satisfaction of self. Let us see you as you really are. Lord, we long to see you. We long to see you as you really are. Teach us to have a a, 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 a ability to identify the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and as we see it, we run, as we see it, we move, as we see it, we separate ourselves because we know a little living, living the whole lump. Ah, and Lord, teach us to have the grace and teach us to have the boldness, teach us to have the audaciousness to say no to some friendships, no to some uh, connections, some covenants, some relationships, no to some people, to some things. Ah, Lord, we need you more than we need anything else. You're everything we need. You're everything we need. You are the unleavened bread, the bread of life that was given to us. And we thank you because through you we have found life and life eternal. So we glorify your name. We bless you. We honor you. We give you all the glory. Now and forever, Yeshua Hamashiach, you reign in this place, you reign in our lives. Give us an allergic reaction. When an, uh, the living of the Pharisees tries to permeate through us. Give us an allergic reaction. An immediate reaction to say, my ears don't listen to that. My eyes don't watch that. I don't associate with that. Hey. I walk in the displeasure of men. I walk in the pleasure of God, so I would rather be unfriending you. I would rather uh, 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 be parting from you. Oh, God, give us the boldness and the grace to be this. To the glory of your name, we pray. Yeshua, Amashek, we love you. Even as we leave this place, going to our respective homes, uh, go with us, oh God. Let this linger in our hearts, in our spirits. Let us meditate on it daily until we begin to become it to the glory of your name. In your precious name, Yeshua, Amashek, we pray. Come on, put your hands above your head and thank God for this. So Sunday morning we're here from 9.30, for prayer, and from 10 a.m. we hear the ground running. The Lord permitting, we'll hear about children's bread. God bless you. Go with God.